It's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. What a weekend it was. Everybody's winners around here. Grizzlies on the road against the Clips. One of the best assists I've seen. Pretty good response after the Taylor Jenkins rant with an expletive. That was a little out of character, but maybe he's feeling a little heat. Maybe he's got to show he's fighting for his team. Whatever it was, I, I, I know this and all the people that are talking about how he might be fired. Less than four or five months ago, we're talking about the guy's coach of the year. You lose Ja. You lose Adams. You lose Brendan Clark. Now you can't coach? Pops needs players to win. So does Taylor Jenkins. That stuff's crazy. Tigers win everywhere. Wow. What a weekend for them. The win in Columbia. And Jason Munns is going to talk about that in the last segment of the show. That was a... Remarkable victory, down 14, win by 15. Holy mackerel, they just blew them away. Basically, the last 30, 28 minutes of the game, all U of M, and that takes something to do that in front of the Antlers and 15,000 at that arena in Missouri. The Tigers are, are now the Cardiac Cats. They can't help themselves. They can't put away teams, but they figure out a way to finish in that defense, which bends a lot, doesn't totally break. It's an amazing story, and they escape in Charlotte and are 8-2, and and that sets up the biggest game since maybe 2019 at home against the same team, SMU. Wow, that's going to be a great showdown at 11 o'clock Saturday, Simmons-Liberty Bank. And then the soccer team, the women's soccer team, hosting the NCAA, 2,071 fans. And you know that because the NCAA is taking money for it. Usually the the fans get to see the, the soccer games for free. Now because it's the NCAA, they had to pay. So they know, 2,071 paid. That's the biggest crowd they've ever had for a soccer game. They put away LSU early, 2-0, and hold on to win 2-1. So now they'll take on Notre Dame in Fayetteville, Arkansas, the higher seed. Um, And I think that comes up, I want to say it's like in uh, five days. I think it's at the middle or the end of this week in Fayetteville. They'll take on Notre Dame. This team can win the national title. They're that good, I think. We'll see. They didn't get the respect from the... Um, committee, I don't see how you're number eight in the country winning 16 in a row and you're in a six seed and only get to host one game, but that is the way that they did it. Um, I should give a medal to my friend Zach Boyd. I, I'm not doing that, but five and one this week, Zach. I'm three and three. That's impressive. I know. It shocked me. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you aren't bragging about it today. I, I, it didn't occur to me until Sunday when the NFL games kind of rolled through, and I was like, kind of thinking to myself, like, hey, I, I think I had a good week this week. You did. Your only loss was the same one that I had, and that was North Texas 
and and SMU, and I that that game was seventeen fourteen. I, I was shocked at the finish of that. They they win what was it forty five twenty one or something like that. Um, so they easily covered that nineteen and a half. Uh, that that was shocking. Um, <clears throat> you were right about San Francisco. I really thought Jacksonville was going to make a statement that the Niners had been a bit in trouble, and they made some new acquisitions, and that really worked out for them. That was one. Well, there were a bunch of weird kind of games uh, in in the NFL this week. Of course, we'll recap that with Jeff Moore tomorrow. And in college football, already two firings this week, one this morning, one last night that will be costly. Zach Arnett just fired this morning. I don't know who Mississippi State has in mind. I have a friend that is a Mississippi State, I guess he's a booster. It's not like a big-time booster, but he, he loves State. And um, he basically, his premise is, who will replace him? Because you would not have fired him unless you already had somebody in place. I'm not sure. You've got plenty of time, but they may have a candidate or two. I'm trying to think of, like, who's a great offensive coordinator? Because that was what Mike Leach was. Arnett was a D.C., and that has not worked out. I can't score. Um is there a great OC out there that might be palatable? Is there a young up-and-coming head coach at a mid-major school that might be attractive? I heard, actually, Brett Norsworthy and uh, Bryant Dacus talking about candidates for jobs, which is their speculation, if, I, if I'm correct, was there's not a lot out there. So maybe you would hold on more likely to some of your proven guys. But... Um, Apparently, after a huge win over Mississippi State, 51-10, they fired Jimbo Fisher. It was interesting that you get fired after winning 51-10. Then the same the, the, the losing team's coach gets fired. Same game, and both coaches were fired after that game. I, I'm not sure I've seen that before. But, uh, you know, that's why we love sports. There's always something that is going to happen. And, and then Friday, the Tigers uh, in, in Missouri, that was, that was amazing. Javon Quinterly, you wondered about him and his health and everything. He took the game over like he was Kendrick Davis. Second half, he was brilliant. I think he had four points in the first half, 14 in the second. They could never stay in front of him. And he was just outstanding. And Caleb Mills... Let me tell you, I, I thought Mills might have been taken out of the starting lineup because they were worried about his defense. He's a defender, buddy. He shut down Missouri's big gun, who had scored a bunch in the first half. I don't think he got a shot in the second half. Mills came in, and he, he did a remarkable job. Four guys in double figures. It, it was really an unbelievable weekend for the University of Memphis. And um, really for the city, when you throw in the, the, the Grizz, woo, good stuff definitely happening. And we've got medals coming your way. We do that every Monday morning. It's 
brought to you in part by our title sponsor, that is Homer Skelton and the genesis of Olive Branch within Homer Skelton. That department is headed up by a guy named Vinnie Girard, a crazy Canuck who loves cars as much as he loves hockey. He loves luxury cars in particular. He loves new technology, shiny objects, and that's what you get with the genesis luxury cars. And in particular, he's made it so enticing for you to get a genesis SUV. All the luxury, all the newest technology in two different models, the GV70, the smaller one, and the GV80. They both have a sales price that is interesting, and they have financing, which allows you to get the luxury that you're after. If you've never had a luxury car, there's none better than Genesis, and there's no better place to get it than Genesis of Olive Branch. Um, we do this thing on Mondays. I got plenty of them. So let's start with precious metals. I'm going to give a bronze medal, and it really should be a gold medal because it involves gold. I got to give it to Jimmy Sexton. What a deal he procured for Jimbo Fisher. So Jimbo gets fired, right? Jimbo gets fired. He's going to get $76 million a year within 60 days, two months. A&M's booster group, the 12th man, they got plenty of money. They got to pay him $7.2 million lump sum right up front. I think you can live on that for a bit. Then, through the year 2031, that's eight years from now, he gets $7.2 million every year. And Jimmy, being as genius as he is, there is no offset language. So normally, if a coach gets fired and there's a buyout, there's a clause in there that says, whatever you make from the new job you get, that will be offset with the money we owe you. So let, let's just say a guy gets a million a year as a coach, then he goes to become a coordinator somewhere, he makes 300000 a year. Now the school that owes him a million only owes him seven hundred grand a year. There's no offset language here. If Jimbo were to go, let, let's just say to a smaller school, pays $2 million a year, like Memphis, $2 million a year. Now he's going to make $9 million a year. He does not have to give anything back to Texas A&M. That's unbelievable. He can't spend it all. And I, I'm, I'm guessing that Jimbo will work again somewhere. Did not work out there, but crazy. You win a game 51-10. Is that what is that what the final was? Yeah, 51-10, and you're fired. This has been in the works. Ross Bjork, and I'll get to him in a second. Ross Bjork pulled the trigger, and Ross Bjork said this was his. It was on him. He went to the president, and they decided they were going to do it, and they fired him yesterday, Sunday at 9 o'clock in the morning after he had some meetings. Like, wild. And then Zach Garnett. The loser of that game at Mississippi State got axed today. Uh, I'm going to give a bronze medal to everybody in the AFC North. It's the only division in the NFL where every team, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati, are over 500. Yeah, it is clearly, and Harbaugh said this, John Harbaugh said this last week, it's the best division in football, and I don't think anybody can deny that. I am going to give a silver medal to Rick Stansberry. Not just because the Tigers were winners in Missouri. Stansberry, of course, the interim coach, while Penny is serving a three-game suspension. Now, now Rick's 2-0 and as a Tiger head coach. But 
Rick has gone to Missouri with three different teams. He's gone with Mississippi State. He's gone with Western Kentucky. And now he's gone with the Tigers. And he has won in that building at Missouri, which is a very difficult place to win. He's 3-0. Wow. He gets a silver medal. i got to give the silver medal to Tyrese Maxey, the Philadelphia 76er, who is the beneficiary of the James Harden trade. He scored 50. Now, he doesn't get those numbers of Harden's there. There's only one ball, right? And only so many minutes. And the bead's got to get his, which he did. They win. Philly is now 8-1. and one. And Maxie got 50. That is definitely worthy of a silver. And then I got to give Marcus Smart, who may have played his best game as a Grizzly last night. He had the best assist I've seen in several years. He's trying to penetrate late in the game gets tripped up there is no call he is falling to the floor diving forward maintaining control somehow of the ball and out of the corner of his eye while he is prone on the ground he does a backhand flip to David Roddy, who has an easy layup. It's the best assist I've seen. And that was really what I think sealed the game in the Grizzlies' second win of the year. So I got to give Smart a silver on maybe the best assist we've seen in a couple of years by any player in a Memphis uniform. And then my gold, it has to be to Seth Hennigan. The Tigers quarterback has got to be the toughest kid around. Not thinking. He's running for a first down. On a, on a quarterback draw, and instead of sliding on his tush, he dives forward because he wants to get the first down. And, you know, once you start to slide where they think you began the slide is where they're going to place the ball. So he likes diving forward. Well, the guy's got a bad shoulder. We know this. It's left shoulder. It's his non-throwing shoulder. But that he's protecting his right shoulder. That's the way he always dives. He goes on his left side, not thinking he does. And now he has to go out. And as he said, they gave me some medicine. So he came back in the game after whatever they did. And he actually was better after that. That medicine worked. And 329 yards, the engineer of a great comeback. And by the way, this is the reason I give him a gold. That was his 16th 300-plus yard passing game. That is the most all-time in the history of the University of Memphis. That is some heady stuff. Seth Hennigan is the toughest kid around, and he gets my gold. Your positive medals, Zach Boyd? Positive medals. So we're going to give a bronze out. And this typically is not really, I guess, medal-worthy. I guess it's just based off of the excitement. I'm giving a bronze to Taylor Jenkins. I, I'll, I'll say his rent was— You're giving I, him a bronze for cussing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Why not? We need. We need. We need a little bit more. More excitement. And typically, he's not. He's very level-headed. So you're not going to get this type of rant from him. Okay. But I say. I say his rant Friday night was about seven, eight out of ten. Like. He- well, it was shocking to me because I, I was saying this to somebody. Part of the reason why I'm not sure that Taylor Jenkins is as popular as he should be is because he never says anything interesting. You know the guy's smart as could be, but he never expresses anything of interest because he just talks in coach speak. And I, I, I think fans now are really sophisticated. They have so many ways to get information that, that they don't like that. Yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason why he's not as popular as he should be. And um, 
That was the first time he said something interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, like I said, Taylor, he's very level-headed. So it's like he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low, but like when something really gets underneath his skin and he needs to say something, he will say it. So uh, his rent deserves a bronze for me uh, to start. I guess this is a positive, in air quotes, the positive medals. Silver, upset alerts, Dave. Upset alerts, upset alerts. We got UFC knocking off Oklahoma State, 15th-ranked Oklahoma State. I still don't get what happened there. That's the craziest game. <laughs> we got Texas Tech. That was, you got to say it. I don't know what they were, underdogs in that game. Uf, uh, UCF had to be double-digit underdogs, and they won the game 45-3. to Something crazy is happening there. Yeah. And then uh, I think this game, uh, this team wasn't ranked, but they had a really good record. Uh, and that's Arizona State knocking off UCLA. That's in college football, to be exact. Yeah. And so then uh, we can't leave out college basketball because that, that is going on at this point. Weber State, or Weber State, getting their win. And then uh, Arizona and BYU as well upsets uh, heading into the weekend. You love those upsets. All right. What's I your, love what, them. What's up, I love a good upset. And then a gold I decided to just lump all of them together at one because it was just the perfect storm. I mean, you might as well just get the banner and just wave it around town. Tiger Athletics, football team get a gutsy win, like you said. The basketball team takes care of business in Missouri. Women's basketball, they got their first victory over the weekend. And then the soccer team, the ladies, getting the first win in the tournament. I mean, it was just the perfect it was. weekend for I them. agree. Great. Um I, and 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 I I wonder because I think when we get off the air today, I think is when the new poll comes out. You know, Parrish has him twenty one. I think Goodman has him twenty five. The Tigers might get ranked this week. That would be kind of interesting, and that could happen today, a little bit later in the afternoon. I got two rusts. I, I got to give a rust to the Clippers. I don't know how it's going to work <laughs> with with George. <laughs> Leonard, Harden, and Westbrook. It, it, it just seems to me to be disastrous. And since they made the deal, they've yet to win. And they even lost to, by record, the worst team in the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies. So that that gets a rust from me. I feel sorry for Tyron Lue. I really do. And I got to give a, muddle, a, a, a rust to Ross Bjork. And, and it's not for firing Jimbo Fisher. It really is not. Because it's, it's not working there. It, they, they had the first two or three years, he was pretty good. Here's why I give Russ Bjork a, a, a rust. He's been there four or five years now, Bjork. After he left Ole Miss, he went to A&M. So he gave the guy he just fired, and he said, I'm the guy firing Jimbo Fisher. He gave Jimbo Fisher two years ago in 2021 – a extension and a raise from seven million to nine million. Yep. He gave him that extension, making the buyout even more. And now he's pulled the trigger, and you know, he said something like, "Well, we had to do that institutionally because LSU paid Brian Kelly so much money." Really? Yeah, no. Really? No. So you get a you get a a rust from me, Ross Bjork. You're Russ. My rust. Uh, let's give it to the NBA officials. Like it's just been it's just been bad overall. Not not specifically like towards the Grizzlies. Yeah, like I've I've you know I've been keeping up with the Grizzlies because I go down to the arena a lot. As a whole, it, the officials has been 
roller coaster, man. Like, there's really not yeah. enough consistency going around. I think you, you could say that for a long time. I, uh, yeah. I yeah, do. so, and which, which oddly enough sparked the Taylor Jenkins rant. So. Oh, yeah. That and I, there, there's no doubt that, that Taylor's frustrated. And uh, I, th- I think he had to make a point that he's fighting for his guys because I don't think he deserves to be, and I'm not 100% certain that he is, but that kind of leads you to believe that he's now starting to think about fighting for his job. But we'll see how it all unfolds. We'll see what the Grizzlies are like after 25 games in Jaws' return. Now they've got two wins in the books, so they've won two out of ten. they got to be a little bit better than that for the next ten games, I would have to suspect. I agree. We are sitting in the Family Leisure Studios. Don't forget, the overstock sale continues. Get there and clear out the in-stock inventory because you get great deals like patios for 50% off. Those are great patio sets. Play gyms under two grand. Winter closing pool stuff up to 30% off. An extended sale pricing on all in-stock hot tubs and swim spas. All you got to do is head your way to I-40 and Wooden Road, a little bit uh, north, and to your right, and there you will see the palace that is family leisure. Help them get rid of stuff. The overstock sale continues. And medals presented by Conway. Reputable services available seven days a week. If you've got a problem with heating, cooling, plumbing, or electric Conway to the rescue. Just call 384-3511. Back in a minute to Atlanta we go. We talk more college football with our coach. That's John Thompson. He is next. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Hi, welcome back in. Weekend's over. I know you celebrated. I hope you took my advice and got a taste of Memphis. That you went down and saw the good folks at Grind City Brewing that's been taking care of beerness in Memphis for a long time. Started a long time ago. It was a dream, father, son, and man, have they ever made it a reality. This modern brewery sits right on the river, right north of downtown. It's a cool place with nice picnic grounds. You get a view of the bridges downtown. It's cool. And then you can taste, well, their most popular is the pills, Poppy's Pills, just what the doctor ordered. It's a Pilsner. There's the Godhopper. That's seller number two. That's the pale ale that people talk about. There's the new amber lager called Thaddeus. If you like Blue Moon type of stuff, the Belgian-style wheat ale, they got one called the Belga. All you got to do is get downtown or go to a spirit shop like my guy at Eddie Connor. Oh, yeah, it's real easy. They're all over the place. It's a taste of Memphis. It's Grind City Brewing. They've been taking care of beerness in Memphis for a while now. Two 
Atlanta we go. And our friend John Thompson, I know we didn't talk about this last uh, this morning when we chatted, but what's your take on Michigan, Harbaugh, the suspension? And I think the thing was we're not uh, we're not punishing Jim, but we're we're, ah. we're taking care of it for the school or some hogwash. Yeah, uh, uh, hogwash is a good word for that. Uh, they are punishing Jim. You take a game away from a coach, that's punishment. Uh, that's you know what? I, I don't know, and, and nobody knows if it's all the truth about what they've done and how elaborate it was. But I, I, I was thinking about you earlier, and, and I, I figured this might come up. I and and you, I'm not going to answer any questions about this, but I do know of a of a time that. Uh, and this was probably, this was 30-something years ago, that people used to go all the time and watch other practices. They would see that. And and I, I know of a group that actually went to a spring game one time, watched the, watched the practice, watched the game, and, took, and had a picture taken with the coach. And they had no idea that he was being, that he was being skunked. Uh, that, that has gone on for a long, long time. People used to go... Uh, I know of I know of guys that have, have gone as painters that they would go into the stadium and and as painters. I know of guys that have gone into the Astrodome and watched the team practice for a bowl game and got in the 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 uh, the tour group and dipped into one of the suites and watched the opposing team practice. Um, Wait a so second! I just, thought you guys were honorable men representing <laughs> universities. You know, I'm not. You, look, I no. I said I know of. I know of those things. Uh, but there's there's a lot of things that coaches that head coaches. I, I and and I know of the one at the Astrodome that was that this was said in the meeting. If you can make the Astrodome secure for our practice, then do it. If you can't make the Astrodome secure for our practice, then make it even and fair. That that is what was said in the staff meeting. So some of the guys took that as we got to go watch them practice. We can't keep the Astrodome secure. So my point with all of that is hey, this is not something new. It, and and uh, it probably doesn't happen near as much as it used to because you get every ounce of film or, or video now. Used to, you all you got was just the 16-millimeter games, and you could do that. But now you get everything. You got TV copies. You got all of that. I don't think it's near as prevalent, but sign stealing will always go on, and there's a, there is a line that's probably been crossed at Michigan uh, and probably cross pretty deeply if the guy's going there and he's doing the video. And you video the signal, then you video the play, and it doesn't take you long to match them up. So that's um, that's normal. Or well, no, I shouldn't say normal. I said that, but that's been going on for a long time. All right, uh, we had a firing this morning, Zach Arnett at Mississippi State last night. We heard about Jimbo Fisher and the big payout. Jimmy Sexton's amazing. The guy's going to get seventy-six million, no offset. 
he can ride off into the sunset or he can go to back to work and he's still going to get all that money from A&M. Uh, it is incredible. And I, I had said, I can't remember because it all came after they two played each other and the winner was the first one to get fired in a 51-10 to 10 game. The loser fired this morning. I said I couldn't remember one game, the guy, the both coaches getting fired. But uh, my friend, our friend, Stats Norsworthy, reminded me in 19, after the Egg Bowl, Joe Moorhead got fired uh, and Matt Luke got fired. So it has happened in the same game once before, not too long ago. We're talking uh, four years ago. Well, you know Stats is going to come up with that. Yeah. You've got to be careful. That's your fact checker. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I think you're 100% right. Jimmy Sexton I think is the most powerful guy in college football. Now, he probably wouldn't like me saying that, but uh, he he has got a, a lot of stroke in the, in the game. And, and now he will find both of those coaches. I mean, Jimbo, obviously, uh, uh, Jimmy Sexton is his, his agent. I don't know about Zach, but uh, Jimmy's really powerful. Uh, it, it's neither one of those are a surprise. Uh, State really faltered. You know, and, and ended up not being a good football team. And A uh, and M, I mean, you got to, you just there is so much, there's so much financial power at that school that they're never going to be happy until you know they were. The people talk about well, until we get a guy like R C Slocum, they got rid of R C. They have never been happy there, and that's kind of like Auburn. But it's, um, it's, I hate to say it, but it's that season again that's going to start happening. You're going to look around uh, Sundays and Mondays are going to be black Sundays and Mondays from here on out with uh, with uh, all of these schools. When, when they don't go to a bowl game and are, uh, you know, they're just trending as, as A&M was and Mississippi State was too. It didn't look like uh, they were getting better. Uh, but, you know, you come off scoring 51 points and then they – they call you in the next morning. But I, that, I think Jimbo probably knew that was happening weeks weeks ago. I don't think he was su- surprised at it. All right. Um, what, what is Arkansas going to do with Sam Pittman? The numbers in this game, first downs yeah. 32-10. to 10. Um, The Hogs were 1 of 12 on third downs. They had 255 total yards while their defense gave up 517. What's going to yep. happen with Sam Pittman? You know, I think everybody wants – Sam Pittman to stay because they like him, but he's making it, it seems to me, hard to keep him. I know you're still pretty locked in with Arkansas. What do you think is going to happen here? Well, there, it, that was an ugly, one of the ugliest games in a, in a long time. People have begun to maybe accept it a little with Chad Morris, even when Western Kentucky beat Arkansas. But, you know, there were 72,000 people at the game. At, at in Fayetteville the other night, and you've got a a mediocre Auburn team that comes in and totally dominates them. Arkansas had no juice, and as you said, they I, Jefferson was under pressure. The offensive line has struggled all year long, and that's I mean obviously that's Sam's uh, baby there, but they also had horrible tackling, no protection. Horrible on third down, as you said. They start. They come out in the third quarter, and they got a guy wide. I mean, Ar- Auburn has a guy wide open. It goes to thirty-four. To th- I mean, it was there was nothing good in that game. Rocket Sanders, I think, had eight carries for zero yards. Zero. Uh, 
that's not, uh, I'm going to use the same word again, that's not trending upward. No. Um, it just depends on, you know, I, it's a whole lot easier at Texas A&M, I think, to, to rattle up 77, and, and I don't know what it is for, for Sam Pittman, but uh, they need to they need to really show some stuff right here in the last couple of games, and Missouri doesn't look like that's that's going to be a team that you can go and and show your stuff against. So, I uh, I think it's really shaky in Arkansas. You know, they, with uh, with changing the coordinator last week, and then the offense uh, lays an egg on Saturday. So, I don't I don't see it. It, it was I was um, I mean I've, I've got an affinity to, towards Arkansas. I was a Razorback. I was. Uh, I was upset watching the game. I, I think I, I did not see any juice, any players that were playing hard and and fighting it like you. I've always seen Arkansas my whole life, and that's what was disappointing. Yeah. And if he's lost the, if he's lost that team, and maybe some insiders know that, then you know that's. Uh, I, I think this is probably one of the things that you're going to see, Dave, that can happen with the portal and with all the transfers that you don't have that built-in culture that the guys had to earn it when they were freshmen and redshirt freshmen and coming up and had to earn their time. They've immediately been given access. You know, they've got the keys to the stadium, but they hadn't earned that yet. They hadn't earned the right to really play on the team. And when things go bad, it's easy for them to look around and blame somebody else. Interesting you say that because um, now we, we, we marveled at what Coach Prime was doing with Colorado to begin the year, and he had 83 new guys, right? And now they're not going to make it to a bowl. And then you take a look at what Biff Pogey has done at Charlotte. Now he's trying to buy a team. He's got a $3 million NIL budget, 70 guys are new there. No one was talking about that. 70 guys off a team that won three games last year. They've won three games this year. They're now not going to make it to a bowl game. 10 of their 11 defensive starters were all transfers from Power 5 schools. But it, yes, but but they don't know how to play with each other. They're all about no, themselves because they're they're making so much money. Uh, it, it's it, it it's a crazy world out there, and I I don't know how it's all going to shake out in the long run. But this is where you're at. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sad. sure the quality of football is as good as it used to be four four or five years ago before all this stuff. Well, the the meaning of team is not what it used to be. I can promise you that. And it, the way things go on that way, and you and you got I, you look, you got to call it like it is. There's some there are sometimes reasons and excellent reasons for transferring there there is i'm not saying just because you transfer but when you transfer or because of you weren't playing or you didn't like the coach or you don't want to stick it out you think the grass is greener then that's easy the next time you turn around it's easy to point fingers i mean you gotta get in there there's no team game like football where everybody needs everybody else I mean, it's a unique experience, and what's all—it's a long season. It's a hard season. Practice is not fun, and if you lose on Saturday, it's a miserable lifestyle. I promise you. But if you win on Saturday, there's nothing better. Right. But the difference between winning and losing, and with some of these players, and even with the coaches, I mean, it's hard, man. It's well, a hard way to make a living. I'm, I'm glad you, you bring up the coaches because, you know, I, this is not just the kids, okay? 
Oh, no. One thing, one thing about the portal is you can cut a kid now. You, you can basically say to that kid who might be getting money, and you just realize, I made a mistake with this guy. You can go to that kid and say, hey, kid, get in the portal. Go to another place because you're, you're, you're not going to do it here. I'm going to put you on the scout team. You're not going to get your NIL next year. Uh, but we're going to make it look good for you because you're going to transfer. Right? So right. There, there's a right. good percentage of kids that go into the portal that don't, don't have a choice. They're told they're going in. Right. Into right. The they were pushed in there. Yeah. I, I get that. And that's where the game is. The game has changed. I mean, and some of those guys hadn't had a chance to develop yet. Or they look at the portal, the court, the, the coaches or, or look at the portal and say, we've got player B over here that is better than player X on our team, and they go get B. I mean, that's you, you want to say, well, that's life, but that's not team. You know, if you pick, I mean, if, when you recruit a guy, or it used to be, when you recruited a guy, you had to put your name on him. You had to put your stamp on him. He was yours for four to five years. And and so it was so valuable to get to know him, and and he brought him. In, you brought him in, and you made life with that guy. Now you get him in; he's a commodity. Ship him right. in, ship him out. Right. That's um, I hate that about the game. Uh, that's uh, but that's that's what has happened uh, with the NIL and and with the transfer portal, and and you know, and all the money too. And I'm not; it's just fact. I'm not blaming anybody, but. Coaches make so much money now that uh, it, it's it's easy it's easy to get that get the buyout and I don't know how I I, I talk to all coaches that come in to see us here at, at my school and my friends out there it's a different world in coaching you are like you go to you know we, you and I talked a little bit about Lane Kiffin and the and the problems he's having off the field right. with the mental health issue it's hard to talk to players like that you know the guys leaving. But, you know, sometimes a coach is the only one that uh, can be hard on a kid. Because I, I know this for a fact, but it's hard for parents to be. It's hard for parents to, to and but they got to make them stay, and they got to make them hold the rope, and, and that's not happening. Across. Right. Well, mental health yeah. is going to be a tricky issue from here on out. There's no doubt about that. That, no doubt. that, that conversation no doubt. another day. Quick. Two games I want to get in very fast. That is Tennessee, Missouri. I was shocked at the final score of that game. I thought that would be a good game. I thought Missouri would win, but not 36-7. to They whipped them from the start to finish. Schrader was unbelievable. He had over 130 yards. The running back at Missouri had over 130 at half. That's when I flipped it over. And, I mean, I go back, I keep bragging on my man, Blake Baker, he was awesome. He was bringing them from everywhere. Shut down Tennessee's run game. They had like 30 yards rushing in the half. But uh, Missouri's offensive coordinator and Drink, my man Drink, is getting it done, man. He is really doing And, hey, did you see the uh, – well, I know you didn't see the cordial handshake between Drinkwitz and, and uh, Heupel. No. But that, that, was, that was a little cold there. Ooh, you know, I didn't some, know that. Had some – had some things last year, so we've got a we've got a rivalry between uh, between the balls and the tigers. But uh, and but Tennessee has not played well on the road in a long time, you know. And they've got uh, they got Georgia at home, but I think they go to uh, I don't know where they go this week, but I think they're on the road this week again. Well, they but, they uh, only have what Vandy left in Georgia, right? 
Yeah, okay. So I'll Vandy, check that. Yeah, that's not that's not really a that doesn't matter if that's a road game, but they they got Georgia at home, so they got to they got to come on out of this thing. But Missouri Missouri whipped them. Yeah, they got Missouri Georgia this them. week and then Vanderbilt to end it. Okay. I, I think both of those are actually home games. The Vanderbilt thing's not going to matter. Georgia Georgia is so real. Well, that's Georgia it. Yeah, look so what they real. did to Ole Miss. That was fourteen fourteen, and the next time I looked up. It was over. And I listened to the Ole Miss radio team on my way from the airport when we landed to, to go home. And David Kellum and Harry Harrison, they were all just marveling. They were just saying, this th- th- this team is as good, uh, in the lines anyway, as the last two. Well, you know, everybody's talking about their both lines. Yeah, both both sides of the line of right. scrimmage there. But where is there? I don't see a weakness in their team. Players, coaching, hey, Kirby and that staff, hey, that offensive line was questionable coming in. And my man, Stacy Searles, I don't know if you remember Stacy, he was a great player at Auburn, but he is doing a great job with their offensive line. The quarter, brand new quarterback, and the guy's playing as good or better than anybody in the country, Carson Beck. But the, here's, here's one thing that I noticed really, and I really watched the game and tried to. From a coaching standpoint, the the defense defenders from Georgia did not allow mismatches to happen. They ha- that, that's what I, I mean. That's what uh, Ole Miss does. Kiffin does such a great job of play calling and getting mismatches on the field. Linebackers on backs, uh, safeties safeties on wide receivers, so to speak. But hey, they couldn't do that. Georgia's defense hangs in there, and they don't allow those mismatches. Bobo's done a great job with his scheme and doing that. So that's uh, – I, I just don't think they got weaknesses. They play well on third down. They play well in the line of scrimmage, and they got great coaching. And they – Georgia, along with Alabama – are two teams that are getting better and better yeah. and better every yeah. week. And, and they're heading to a showdown. Can't wait for that. Can't uh, wait to talk with you next week, my friend. Thank you much. Take care, my buddy. Appreciate it. You got Glad it. To have, glad y'all have it. Thank you, man. That's Bye. our coach. That's John Thompson. He's brought to you in part by Sheldon. You know, it's pretty crazy to think about somebody telling you to call their competition. But that's exactly what Sheldon Rosengarten with Mark Spensdorf does. He tells people, if you're thinking about selling your home, talk to two or three real estate brokers. Make sure he's one of them. Now, that's pretty crazy. But when people say you want the job done, you call Sheldon. It's true. He's got a highly successful strategic marketing program that can make the difference in what you make and when. Now, he may be the worst golfer in town and called Mr. Three-Putt, but if you listen to him, he guides you through the proven process of the three Ps, preparation, presentation, proper pricing, and you get to the closing table quicker and make more money. It's Sheldon. He basically said... Job done, shell done. I mean, that fits perfectly. He gets your house sold. Reach him at 483-0546 or memphisrelocate.com. Back in a minute, we relocate a little south. Our friend Jason Munns on the Tigers' big win at Missouri. He comes your way in a minute. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 
Now, back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM, presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin. Time again for the one and only Jason Munns, Tiger beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, who obviously was in Columbia, Missouri. He saw the Tigers fall behind by 14. He saw the comeback. He saw the defense. He saw the blow away. Wow. I mean, at Missouri, 15,000, the antlers, the whole schmear. What were you most impressed with? Mr. Munns, good morning. Good morning, Willow. Uh, gosh, was it Javon Quinterly's second-half performance where he scored 14 of his 18 points? And I want to say had, like, I don't know, he, he finished with a career-high eight rebounds, too, which didn't get a lot of uh, attention. Um, but I think even the majority of of his rebounds came in the second half. I mean, he was a he was uh, a ball of fire in that second half and and they needed him to be, you know, like they went in down 7 uh to start the second half, which is pretty remarkable considering they were down 14 with I think 3 minutes or 4 minutes left in the first half. I mean, it was it was pretty late when they were down 14. Um and and the craziest part of that is so yeah, they go down seven. They, they they're able to cut the deficit in half by halftime, but they had I think at least two different possessions uh, inside the final ninety seconds where they could have cut it to to a two possession going into half. Like they had opportunities. Right. You know, the, the the point I'm making is that the second half was great, but they really the the, the tide started turning before. Uh, you know, in the last four minutes of that first half. So, I mean, I, that's the obvious choice. Uh, the most impressive thing being uh, Javon Quinter, uh, yeah, Javon Quinterly's um, second half performance. But honestly, I mean, and he even said it himself. Caleb Mills, and so did Rick Stansberry. Caleb Mills, the job he did on defense in the second half on Sean East, the second is probably. You know, I mean, he's he's probably the 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 co-hero of that game. I, Shawnee, I agree. I I'll yeah. be honest with you. I thought Mills was taken out of the starting lineup, put on the second team because of a lack of defense. How wrong I was, and that 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 <laughs> performance was a- absolutely amazing. And and as you mentioned, Quinterly, he looked. I thought for a second, is that KD out there? Yeah, he was. He was giving off that vibe for sure. I mean, just took the game. Just took it over um, on on offense certainly, and he did his he did his job on defense. I think he finished with three steals, um, two or three steals, and so you know good work on defense. But no, it was Caleb Mills. I mean, defensively, uh, like I said, Sean East, Missouri's guy, who was basically unconscious for uh, like an eight or nine minute stretch in the first half, scoring fourteen points um, in a very abbreviated uh, span. Um, was held to zero points in the second half with Caleb Mills being the primary defender on him. And not only did he not score any points, Caleb Mills did not allow Sean East to even get a single field goal attempt off That's in the incredible. second half. That's incredible. Yeah, great. Great uh, stuff. You, uh, your thoughts when they fell behind 14? Sort of uh, almost midway through the game, and and I know you asked a question about was there any panic, and what was their answer. But first, what were you thinking? They're down fourteen. <laughs> I thought 
I thought I drawing on past experiences, uh, past uh, evidence. Um, uh, I I thought they were going to come back. I thought they were going to chip away and take a lead. And I thought they would lose the game. I thought they would eventually lose the game. I thought it would take too much out of them to have to crawl out of a hole like that, that fourteen point hole. I thought that would. I thought they could do it, but I didn't know they could. I didn't know a that they could hold it, and I didn't know b that not only could they hold it, that they would just keep extending it. If that game was another ten minutes long, Memphis might win by thirty. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like right. it, it was. It they they were just foot on the gas, and they were not slowing down um, the entire time. And yeah, I mean, you know, when we talked to Jordan Brown and, and Javon Quinterly after the game, they both were just. Uh, really, really, really proud of the fact, and Rick too, Rick Stansbury too, that they didn't panic, that they could have. Uh, the way um, uh, Javon put it was a couple of times he said it this way, we could have crumbled, we could have gotten scared, and we didn't. And and not only did they not panic and crumble, but they they never once splintered. They never once started to get mad at each other or start pointing fingers or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. There was some intensity that was caught on camera, like between teammates. Uh, I think it was Quinterly and Mills, wasn't it? Uh, it was Quinterly and uh, Jaquan Walton late in the game. Oh, Walton. Okay. Uh, with about four minutes left in the game. I, I, I forget what happened, but Quinterly, um, I think Quinterly got fouled and he, it, it looked like he didn't like it and he was kind of, starting to say something to the Missouri guy and Jaquan Walton very um, uh, animatedly goes over and tries to pull him away and get in his face and say, listen, like we got to, we got to see this through to the end. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. <laughs> I don't know if JQ took, uh, took too kindly to that in the moment, but um, they, yeah, they never, they never panicked and they never uh, started pointing fingers. And, and that was huge as well. So, uh, Gary Parrish has him 21 today. John Goodman, I believe, 25. Yeah. Um, Seth Davis, 24. Wow. John Fanta, 23. So, um, will AP, will they make him top 25 here in a little bit? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, um, I don't know. The AP uh, voters are so hard to predict i've done a little bit of looking around already because you know sometimes they the voters will post how they voted before the actual poll comes out and the only couple that i've seen besides those guys besides Parrish and jeff goodman and john fanta and some of those other ones uh and, and i've really only seen a couple besides you know outside of that group um don't have them ranked uh jerry carino being one up in new jersey uh, and then, um, there's one other one. Uh, oh, I think, uh, uh, I, I forget who it was, but there's one other one that didn't have him ranked. So, I mean, I, I think, do they deserve to be in the top 25? Heck yeah. Uh, I mean, they were getting, they were getting votes in the preseason. Um, you go and knock off, a, a another team that was getting votes, receiving votes in the preseason poll, Missouri, um, at their place, true road win and not just a win, like. Missouri was favored by two and a half points in that game, and Memphis beat them by fifteen points. That's got to that's 
pretty loud. I believe I, mean? I, I believe I heard John Harden say he got that game with getting four and a half. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So, so, so that'd be go, a nineteen and a half swing. Yeah. To go out and, and and you know, really take it to him the way they did is, is pretty loud. So I I guess the only thing I could think of that might keep them out of the top twenty five is you know I guess not enough teams in the top 25 lost. Yeah, Michigan State lost. I think Duke lost. Um, and St. Mary's lost. I mean, St. Mary's, yeah. In, to Weber State? Wow. Yeah, I think that's if, if Memphis gets in, it's going to be because St. Mary's lost. To How about State, UAB but, finally gets a win? They played these good teams really close, and then they beat Maryland last night. That's, that's may, may, great may, for the maybe, maybe this league will be a little bit better than we thought. All right, last thing. Your take on Rick Stansberry's mastery of Missouri in Columbia. He's now 3-0 and with three different teams, Mississippi State, Western Kentucky, and now the right. Tigers. That's crazy. It is. Um, yeah, I mean, he. I, I can tell you this. After he talked to you guys on radio following the Jackson State game, I, I actually, we, we sort of bumped into each other in the hallway, and... He made it very, very clear to me that, like, one of the things that he just sort of, I don't know, relishes the the most about this job is going into a hostile environment and winning. And, I mean, like, he, the look in his eye, like, there was a gleam in his eye after that Jackson State game looking forward to this. And it was there again after the Missouri game. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like it seems to bring out the best in him when he goes on the road and coaches in those hostile environments. Uh, yeah, like you said, he's three and zero, uh, and and it's a good thing for Memphis this year that he's mm-hmm. that he's doing what he's doing. The only bummer is we uh, we got to wait till Friday for the next game. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it so much. Looking forward to our conversation on Monday. I'll see you at FedEx Forum on Friday. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. That's our guy. That's Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal. He is brought to you by the Spirit Shop. That's right at the corner of Poplar and St. Nick. 4848 Poplar. Can't miss it. Little log cabin you passed by as you were going through East Memphis, maybe coming down from Clark Tower. You can't. It's impossible to miss. And it looks small, but you go inside, you'll see a lot of product. And you'll see... An array of different kinds of spirits. Well, every spirit known to man, but you can see up-and-coming spirits, mid-range spirits, those that might be valuable, like Pappy's Bourbon, something like that. Woo, yeah. You'll get great wines. You'll get, same thing, up-and-comers. You'll get local beer. You'll get the standard. You get all the accessories. You want to rim for your glass, you know, uh, some sort of season. He's got that. He's even got chips in there. He's got everything you could possibly need for a party at your house. It's the Spirit Shop, Poplar and St. Nick. You get an education when you go in there. Tell Eddie Connor we sent you. That's the Spirit Shop. Johnny Radio right around the corner. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great day, everybody.